You're listening to episode 29 with Kuhn Kunaraksa, Portfolio Manager at Water.org. This episode is brought to you by DropCounter. Hi, this is Tom Ferguson, VP of Programming for Imagine H2O. This is the podcast that is revolutionizing the way the water industry communicates with the public. It's water in real life with my friends, the H2 duo, Stephanie Zavala and Ariane Shipley. Trust takes time. Relationship takes time. And that's why water.org, we always encourage and suggest our utility partners to maintain good relationship with the, the community. Today we speak with Kuhn Kunaraksa, and if you're not familiar with water.org, you may have been under a rock, but it is the water charity that is founded by, co-founded by Gary White and Matt Damon. And today Kuhn talks to us about the incredible work that they are doing around the world to solve the problem of getting clean water access to the 844 million people across the world who lack access to it, and sanitation to the 2.3 billion people who lack access to sanitation worldwide and really our biggest takeaways from our conversation with him are how much we actually have in common and how collaboration is really the key to accelerating progress and solving the global water crisis we're so excited to share his story with you after this shout out to our sponsor arianne you are bar none one of the most organized people i know (laughs) that's a joke but continue so yeah where do you keep your water bills then huh you know like the announcements from the city your annual usage rebate information etc etc Ha! In the closet with the rest of my skeletons? Well, we both know that that's brimming, but let's free up some of that space with DropCounter. DropCounter is the water utility customer portal, built with direct input of utility staff like you. DropCounter consolidates a customer's consumption, tier information, utility announcements and alerts, rebates and more, all in one app, downloadable today from the Apple or Android App Store. DropCounter helps customers better understand their water use, tier schedule, irrigation schedule, and more which increases customer satisfaction and reduces your customer service call traffic. So your team can focus on what's important. Learn more about DropCounter at theh2duo.com forward slash DropCounter. That's D-R-O-P-C-O-U-N-T-R. Kunapang Kun Kudaraksa is a portfolio manager at water.org. Kun is focused on water utility financing programs in Cambodia, Indonesia, and the Philippines. His passion stems from his expert experience as a water engineer and that he is originally from this region. This is why Kuhn is proud to be a part of a team working diligently to achieve access to safe water and sanitation for all. He's seen firsthand how access to safe water can change communities and empower people in Southeast Asia, inspiring to help reach even more. So we are so excited to to have you, Kuhn, on the podcast, um, water.org is definitely one of our heroes and someone that and that we've yeah. looked up to throughout our career. So this is this is a pretty big deal for for you to be on here. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. <laughs> um, and so even though we are super fans and um, you know we use a lot of the outreach materials and stuff that you guys have on your website to teach other to teach communities in America about kind of the water situation across the world. Um, you know, we also have our, our own blinders on and um, we wanted to use this opportunity to learn more about what you guys do because we know that water.org is more than just wells and, and physical water projects. So tell us a little bit more about what you guys do and what you're doing across the world and like how your model differs from other water charities out there, like say a charity water. 
Definitely. And I'll, I'll uh, share you about water.org one by one to your questions. Okay. So water.org is an international nonprofit organization uh, working to serve to solve world water crisis through financing. Uh, water.org was co-founded by Gary White and Matt Damon, and we are currently uh, operating in 13 countries across the world, wow. including uh, four regions, Southeast Asia, South Asia, Africa, and Latin America. And mm. myself, I'm working on uh, Southeast Asia programs mostly. And uh, so that's a little bit about water.org and uh, for us, water.org does not build or construct ball wells ourselves. We have a pretty different model that we believe is scalable and can reach much more people. And before I go into you know, sharing about our work, I just want to step back a little bit and talk about the problem that we're trying to solve. Yes, please. There are about 844 million people lack access to water. And 2.3 billion people lack access to sanitation. Wow. That's a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people. And, and you know, because Gary started Water.org a uh, long, long, long time ago, and he started during his college. Mm-hmm. And he, he started uh, pretty similar to other organizations, you know, construct ball wells, but he realized pretty quickly that. Uh, traditional aid and charity alone will not solve the problem. Mm-hmm. And he found from his insights that finance is the barrier for people to gain access to safe water and sanitation. Sure. And in fact, imagine again, there's more numbers. $114 billion per year mm. is needed to solve uh, the world uh, water crisis. So water.org, wow. we started water credit program in 2003. And I'll explain a little bit what is water credit uh, program. But Stephanie, have you heard about the microfinance concept? I, I have heard of the microfinance <laughs> concept. And I think that I heard about it from, from you. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. So basically, microfinance is uh, we working on micro loans. So very, very small loans. So that's a concept of water credit. And uh, typically, we partner with local financial institutions mm-hmm. to help them develop uh, water and sanitation lending products. And Think of it a little bit. If I'm a client and I want to, to get a water connection or a toilet at home, mm-hmm. what I can do is I can go to this network of financial institution and take out a loan. And the loan size is not really uh, that big. It's about $100 to $250, depending on the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in Indonesia, it's about $100 for a water connection. Mm. And people can take the, the loan and pay for these services upfront cost for the water connections or toilet and then have them at home. Wow. So it's really, really about empowering people to yeah. have the upfront capital to, to pay for what they need, right? And, and water.org, we work closely with these partners. We, we provide uh, typically some small grants to cover the startup cost. Mm-hmm. Because we are trying to make this financial institution to look into a new market that that they have not done before, mm-hmm. and and from our experience, more than twenty five years, the repayment rate 
globally is more than 99%. Wow. So we know it works and, mm-hmm. and we would like to see, you know, more and more people to, to do uh, microfinance for water and sanitation. And just want to talk a little bit about some numbers. So as I mentioned, we started Water Credit in 2003. Mm-hmm. It took us about a decade to reach or empower the first million people with access to water and sanitation. But now we have reached a total more than 14 million people to date. That's wow. amazing. Isn't it? And we, we are reaching more than 1 million people each quarter. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I wow. love that. I'm glad you said that. That's amazing. So what does that $100 loan cover? Does that cover just the cost of service or does that also include the cost to cover the infrastructure to get those people the service? So it typically costs uh, uh, like water connections to connect to the utility pipeline. Okay. So what you can think about it this way a utility normally have a pipeline in front of the house already. Mm-hmm. That $100 loan will help uh, the household to tap into that line and have gotcha. water tap use at home. So that. as simple as that, but you know, in, uh, in US, we have water use at home and sometimes we take it for granted. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of the world, it's completely different. Right. Yeah. We always take it for granted. Um, like when you said microfinance, you talk, I mean, it's microfinance, a hundred dollars. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. Awesome. And also I want, I want to give you a little bit more numbers is that through our uh, network of more than 85 active partners globally, mm-hmm. we have helped uh, mobilize more and estimate more than $1 billion of capital for this water and sanitation solution. Mm. So $1 billion compared to what we need, 114, it's still relatively small, but we're trying to demonstrate that the model works. Uh And and also, not only this micro loans or water credit program, uh, during the last five years, we have been working on some new initiatives as well. And I want to share with you guys Mm-hmm. Uh, we have been working with a non-financial institution uh, organization, for example, water utilities. Uh, we are partnering with them to help accelerate our impact globally. Mm-hmm. But right now we're focusing in Southeast Asia at the moment. And we are trying to move beyond all the micro loan or microfinance that we have been talking about mm-hmm. to more about infrastructure improvements or expansion. Because we know that there is no one size fits all solution to the global yeah. water crisis. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even though our model is different from others, mm-hmm. I'm more than happy to see a lot of people putting efforts to help solve the problem. Because our model will not, alone will not solve it. We have to work together to, 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 to right. solve the, the crisis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a competition. We're on the same team and you guys are doing it. Amazing work. And, um, and you know, the numbers are staggering, but for sometimes it's hard for people to really compute what those numbers mean. And just to know that lack of clean water and sanitation doesn't, it's not just about, oh, they don't have water to drink or they don't have a place to go to the restroom. I mean, that impacts everything from their obvious health, but 
their economy and their education. And so when you guys are, are giving them a means to just have a much higher quality of life beyond just having water and, and sanitation services. So kudos to you, to you guys and your team and, and everything that you guys are doing to make a difference. Thank you. Kun, can you tell us a little bit more about your role with water.org? Definitely. So I have been working at water.org as a portfolio manager for Southeast Asia for over three years now. And my role is to manage a portfolio consists of the water credit program that I mentioned to you and also urban, our new urban water utility programs called Water Connect in three countries, mm. Cambodia, Indonesia, and Philippines. Cool. So typically every day I will provide uh, technical advice and guidance to our local team and also train them on this new utility program on how to design it, how to implement it, and how to, you know, sometimes I have to create working uh, infrastructure as well because it's a completely new uh, mm -hmm. model for us. And in fact, it's our first ever urban water utility program. Mm. And for wow. myself, I came from, uh, I used to work in a consulting uh, in consulting before and my background is in water engineering so i'm using those two to help the team to 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 understand about some technical aspects of these water utilities and I, I i just want to mention a little bit more on this water connect program yeah uh, because it's one of the the most proud work that i have done at water.org yeah. so this water connect program uh we designed, incubated, and tested in Indonesia two years ago. Mm -hmm. And now it's expanding to the Philippines and Cambodia. So I that's really that. exciting for me yes. as well. Yes, wow. And, <laughs> and just to, to talk a little bit how it works. So water.org works with these uh, utilities to help them on three main things. The first one is to de develop uh, an in-house financial plan to offer mm -hmm. to their new customers. And secondly, to help them acquire new customers. And when, it, when we say new customers, we need to do demand generation. We need to use, uh, we call information, education, and communication or IEC materials mm -hmm. to educate people uh, the importance of water. And lastly is we help them on the operational side or the technical side to make them become more sustainable in operation mm -hmm. and eventually become, we call bankable or credit worthy to be able to uh, get loans from, from uh, the banks. Mm, and, and also, even though this program is new, right? It's not, it's not gonna be a standalone program we design it in a way to complement the water credit program. Think it again, 844 million people yeah. lack access to water. So wow. we are working uh, through our programs to help solve that. And this program, we have empowered over more than uh, 100,000 people with safe water to date within two years. So that's wow. very exciting for me to share with you guys. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's incredibly exciting. And I'm so excited that you guys are working with water utilities across the world because I just, it feels like you just made our world so much smaller, you know, mm -hmm. because we see, oh, water.org is doing these great things overseas. But now 
you guys are working with water utilities and that's what we did for 10 years. And so that even drives the connection home further is that we really are, water really does create this community that's not only just in the U.S., but I mean, through you and through organizations that Mm -hmm. you guys are doing like across the globe. So that's, that's really awesome for us to hear. Definitely. Okay, so affordability for low-income families is an important issue in utilities across America right now. Um, How are you guys encouraging utilities in the countries that you oversee to serve these low-income communities? So we help point the light to these low-income communities. Mm. uh, And we, we, we work with these utilities to tap into this market that they don't normally serve. Mm-hmm. What we normally do is we conduct market research and surveys. And what is important, I want to mention here as well, is we engage with not only the management level of the utility, but also the really low level or the field staff level yeah. of the utility. Perfect. Because buy-in is a critical, uh, it's critical to make sure the program is, you know, uh, completely embedded to, into the operation. And we we get this utility uh, staff to be part of the survey, put their hands dirty, be part of it. And we want to, and we are trying to demonstrate that serving low-income communities is a viable business for them. Right. It will increase their revenue and help them meet their obligation. Uh, specifically, an example in Indonesia, mm-hmm. the utility in, in, in Indonesia we call PDM, they are government-owned, or in other words, is uh, they have public entities. So they are mandated by the government to serve the, the communities that they are responsible for. Mm-hmm. So by having uh, the utilities to serve low-income communities, it will help them reach 100% service coverage. Wow. So we are trying to align what we do and get them involved. And I I have more example from Indonesia that I want to share with you guys. It was not an easy road at all two years ago. Mm. Uh, remember, give us that dirt. Give us the down and dirty of that. <laughs> I, that's for what I sure, want. for <laughs> sure. So as I mentioned before, we started this new water water connect program two years ago in Indonesia. And I remember very clearly, we approach three qualified uh, potential utilities to be our partner. And at the time, we, you know, just started working on the program. So two of the utilities rejected us. Wow. It was like two and three. That's a lot at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but fast forward about six months later, after we partnered with the selected utility, we organized a workshop and invited about 20 utilities to share to them about the program progress, uh, the, op- the outcomes from the program, and show them some data. And the situation has, uh, was changed completely. Awesome. All of these utilities raised their hand and say, ah, yeah, we want to <laughs> sign up. So that's, <laughs> that's kind of wow. And I was like, I was I attended the workshop as well, and that makes me feel happy. Yeah. And, and as we implement this new program, we are going to continue to produce evidence-based yeah. case studies, collaterals, and really use the data from the program implementation to demonstrate to these utilities that 
serving low income communities or this new market is good for them. Mm-hmm. It will help them increase the revenue, become credit worthy, and have sustainable operations. And that's what water utilities are all about. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I love how you talked about buy-in because it's so important to reach that the field personnel level and to really get their buy-in if you want something to be successful. Um, but buy-in is also a two-way road. You also have to have the buy-in of the communities that you're looking to serve. And so when the utilities you work with were expanding their services to the communities, how did those communities react? Were they excited? Did they trust the utilities? I mean, they, they are two impression from the communities. Some of them were excited, some are not. Yeah. And those that know about the water utility services, that they, that they are doing good job, they are really excited. Okay. And I remember from the Philippines, one of the programs after our utility partner finished with the construction of a new pipeline, there was a list of households already mm-hmm. signed up and are ready to connect to the service. Mm. But on the other hand, those who are not excited, uh, they don't really know, understand the important, uh, of importance of uh, water using at home, especially using water utility services. And that's why water.org and our partner work together mm-hmm. to help bridge that gap of understanding. Mm. Again, we use those IEC materials Mm-hmm. to educate them, uh, not only why they need to have, but if they don't have proper hygiene, what will be the consequence of that? Right, yeah. And also we, in Indonesia, we, we have a partner, uh, a wastewater utility partner as well. And when we talk about uh, wastewater, it's even further away, far away from people's normal life, right? Yeah. And uh, this wastewater utility they provide the sludging services or wastewater treatment uh, management to the household mm-hmm. and the communities that uh, this partner approach they had absolutely no idea what that means mm-hmm. wow. so we we help uh, we work with the partner to intensively educate the communities what is wastewater what is sanitation or water mm-hmm. and you know and to what you were asking about trust, trust takes time. Mm-hmm. Relationship takes time. And that's why water.org, we always encourage and suggest our utility partners to maintain good relationship with the, the community. Always uh, respond to any complaints in a timely manner. Mm-hmm. We, we, like for myself, I always say, you got to get back to them within 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. That's how important it is to make uh, the communities trust them. Yeah. Right. And, and also just want to give you one more uh, yeah. story from, from Galashio. It's the north part of Manila, Philippines. I had a chance to talk to a client that did not have a water tap or water connection at home when I visited. And so we... Uh, use that IEC materials and educate them what, why they should have water connection at home. And I remember three months later, I visited the same house and I talked to her again. And this time I wanted to dig even further uh, how after she got the water connection, how did it change her life? Uh-huh. And she kept smiling 
And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, but, but what exactly <laughs> yeah. impact have on your life? And she said, oh, now we, we have the water at home. We don't have to go to other, like our neighbor houses anymore. And the most important thing is my kids love playing water. Um. And that's, that's what touched me the most. Like yeah. we give something small, like time to children to yeah. play Mm, what yeah. like like what they deserve to do right wow wow i'm going to jump ahead and i want you to tell us more about the iec documents that you keep referring to sure definitely uh the iec materials that we we use on the ground is normally developed by our partner it mm. could be either the financial institution or utility partners and think it Think, it, think about the IEC materials this way. It could be like a flip shot, could mm-hmm. be like a poster, or could be a small sticker that have storylines, have pictures, something really simple and easy to understand. Okay. Because you guys know better than me about storytelling, right? <laughs> so imagine that this IEC material, let's say it's a, a flip shot, it will have some story saying that, okay, uh, how is the life before having the water and after you get the water connection at home, how it's going to be. And on the other side, the same, if you, for example, do not wash your hand before eating, Mm -hmm. what's the consequence of that? And and normally these IAC materials are used during group meetings. So engage a community and then sit down with them, take the time to explain about all the water, sanitation, hygiene aspects. And also some of our clients use it during a door-to-door approach. Mm-hmm. So go and knock the door and then start talking about it. And one of my favorite stories is from actually from, the, uh, from Indonesia. So we have a partner, Nu Kapura, in uh, Sumanap, East Java of Indonesia. And what they use this IEC, uh, they do something even further than that. They organize a drawing competition for mm, yeah. at school. Oh, cool. It's so cute. I saw yeah. the pictures. They're oh. so cute. And not only having the competition, uh, we, pa- uh, we invited the parents as well. And what mm. I like the most mm. about this yeah. approach is it's really important for us to educate uh, our younger generation when they're still young. Oh, and yeah. also bring the mother, uh, like the mom, the dad to be part of that. So the whole family totally understand about how water and sanitation are important. I love that the approaches that are across the world are what we're saying we need to do here. I mean, it's the same. We're all the same. We all get information or prefer it like in the same way, face-to-face, door-to-door, with the family, all involved. I love it. It's like what makes the most impact. It's amazing. Yeah. Like that all just gives me chills just thinking of how connected we are. And I think that's been my favorite part of us getting to know you better is just hearing more about that stuff that you're doing with the utilities and the outreach because it's exactly what we're all doing here back at home. And so that's really just been really powerful to know that we're, that we're connected in that way. And so not going to lie, like you reached out to us just to say, Hey, love the podcast um, and your message. 
And, you know, we are freaking out and excited that somebody at water.org was listening. But like now I totally get how you would be, you would be into the subject matter that we talk about because you're dealing with the exact same thing. And I love that. I love that that's happening. I love that you're having to use the same techniques and the same things on the other side of the world that just makes us feel more connected yeah. to the rest of the world and yeah. what's going on. As excited as we were about being a degree away from Matt Damon, <laughs> you know, that's all cool and all, but like, I'm more excited that we're a degree away, one person, you, yeah. away from everyone else in the Southeast Asia part of town. Like, yeah. I part love of town. Yeah. <laughs> that right. part of town way over there. Like, I feel like we're a community now and like, yeah. I feel connected to them. I love it. Yeah. I just want to go like high five all those utility folk over there. Be like, mm -hmm. keep it up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I would love to someday, um, I'm going to put this out there in the universe. I would love to someday go with you over there to some of the communities that you're with and just meet some of the utility staff and folks over yeah. there, especially your outreach people. That would be, that would be amazing to, to hear their yeah. story and to tell their story. Um, going to put that out there in the universe <laughs> definitely that if there are any opportunities i'm more than happy to show you around over there all right hashtag goals <laughs> <laughs> hashtag um, goals yeah <laughs> so you've shared with us um some of your favorite stories already and this whole idea that um your people on the ground are having to communicate the value of water over there as well um and for us We've, like I said, we've used some of the stories that we see, like on the water.org website and like the facts that you have. Um, but it's really a story that drives everything home. And you've had some amazing kind of firsthand experiences, a few of them you shared. But what are a few more of kind of your favorite stories from the field of interactions that you've had with people who now have access to water? Sure. Uh, I have three favorite stories, and two of them are about how the have how about how water and sanitation being at home impact their life mm. and and the last story will be more on from my recent trip so the the first two stories were during one of the first field trips I went to Indonesia after joinwater.org so I remember I went on this trip and we went to Boko it's a it's a city nearby Jakarta mm -hmm. and we visited uh, a house, and this woman she took a toy uh, took a toilet loan to build a toilet in within her house, and we went in and we talked to her how have, by having the toilet at home changed her life, and mm -hmm. she kept smiling again, and that's what I liked the most. Like yeah. people kept smiling, and and she and she were were explaining, oh, we we use toilet at home now, and then suddenly she said, Kun everyone come with me. And then she walked out at the back door to the backyard down uh, to the river. So the river is actually behind her house, not that far away. Mm -hmm. And then she crossed the river and say, this is how I used to go to toilet. Mm -hmm. And that was like the aha moment was mm -hmm. like, wow. Mm -hmm. She had to cross the river to go to the bathroom. Exactly. Like exactly. Tell me, like, tell me about this river. Like, you know, it was, was, it, just, was it the most pristine, clean thing in the world with crystal? It's not like a big river. It's like a, a creek, you know, like. Okay. And then she just go to the, the other there, side and then it's like kind of like some wooden, you know. Gosh. And she go out and then, okay, 
kind of demonstrate how she did before. And that's like, wow. wow. Yeah. And, that's, and that's one of the first few trips they went. And I was like, wow. Yeah. yeah. And, and this is why I love working yeah. at water.org. Yeah. We see the impact on the people we serve in a short period of time. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, no late and, night, no late night bathroom break. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And the, the second story was during the same trip, actually. So we went to this uh, village in central Java and uh, we visited a village that we have our rural water utility program. Mm-hmm. And just a little bit about the program is that we work with these small uh, rural water utilities to help them uh, get loan from the bank and expand or improve their operation. So this, util- this utility... They got a loan to buy new pumps, get a new water storage, and expand the pipeline. Mm-hmm. And I remember very clear that during this uh, group, uh, this meeting, the head of the village was giving a speech, and he was start talking about how this you know program helped them. And then he started crying, oh, wow. and then he cried, and he couldn't say anything anymore, mm. and that touch me the most yeah. mm. to see someone on the ground or these people you know feel the impact and see the impact from getting water using at home mm-hmm. and and it's not only about having a water connection it's about giving more time for them mm-hmm. unlock or open more opportunities for their family and sure. people they love the, uh, the the ones they love mm-hmm. So those two are the, the, the stories that I can remember very clear until mm-hmm. today, even though it's two or three years ago. Mm, wow. And the last story that I want to share, it's about, uh, it's from my recent trip to Cambodia. So I went there a month ago because we are expanding our water utility program there. And part of this trip, I visited uh, a water utility because we are trying to find uh, a qualified utility to work with. And part of the, the, the meeting with the ut- water utility, uh, I had to ask questions about the mission and how the operation is. And, I, and the, the, the owner and the manager of this utility, his name is uh, Mr. Jandian. Mm-hmm. He started telling me about his story. So he, he said that when he was young, his mom asked him to collect water and he had to wake up in the morning and go to the lake nearby his house to collect water. And there was one day, it was around 4 a.m. That's really early, you can imagine. (laughs) And it was dark. It was really cold. And he went out to collect water as usual. Mm -hmm. And But this day he fell down into the lake. Mm. And imagine a kid fell into the water when it was super cold. Sure. And he told me that as soon as he got out of the, uh, the lake, he told himself he, that he will run a water utility one day. Wow. That was like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, and after yeah. that, he was like, Kun, do you see that, that water storage? That's the, fir- the small one. That's the first one we use to serve part of the community. Wow. And then do you see the second one? Oh, wow. that's when we expand. 
and then the last one, oh, the one under construction right now, that will be the one, the new water storage we're going to use to serve every single house within oh, the community. Wow. <laughs> and that's like touched yeah. me. And there's, mm. and there's no doubt about his commitment to serve the, uh, the, the communities around his right. house. I, I would say he's qualified. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. I and love I, that story. I love that you ask uh, the people that you're potentially going to partner with what their mission is. Cause I mean, that's a big, that's a big part of it. You, it's not only just the skill, but you know, what are you trying to accomplish and why are you trying to accomplish it? Because that why is, is gonna, that why is going to be what gets you out of that lake when you're a little kid and you're cold. It's, you know, it's, it's more than just the skill. So that, oh, I love that story. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that one. You're welcome. And, and, you know, implementing new program, it just, you need to get people to understand how it works. But what is more important is the commitment. And yeah. from my portfolio, at least I can see that the partners that are reaching many, many people are the ones that the management are committed Mm -hmm. And that's really important as we talked before, right? Buy-in right. is key. Buy-in yep. is key. I love mm -hmm. it. Okay. So in America, for as little as people know about water, they know significantly less about wastewater. So you have to tell us about this poo crew. <laughs> what is it and how can we join today? I want to be on your poo crew. Sure. Poo crew. <laughs> poo crew is a WhatsApp group that I was lucky enough to be in. And I, I, was, I was invited by my colleague at water.org when we attended the Stockholm World Water Week in Sweden uh, two years ago. Yeah, cool. And most uh, members in the group are working in water, sanitation, and hygiene, or we call wash sector. Mm -hmm. And we talk about wash topics all the time. And we also talk about poop. I mean, <laughs> poop means sanitation. It sounds weird, but sanitation, <laughs> it's a big issue that we love to talk sure. about. And a, uh, a reminder, there is 2.3 billion people lack right. access to toilets. So that's a big number. So yeah. if you are a wash professional and uh -huh. want to join the group, feel free to send me a LinkedIn message, okay. linkedin.com slash kunapong or email me at kunapong at gmail.com. Yeah. Okay. I'm more than happy to add you into the group because awesome. we need more people to work on wash. How about you, Stephanie? Do you want to be the first one to join? Whoa, 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 whoa. What about me? <laughs> Both of you. Uh, I mean. uh, heck yeah, because I want to talk poop all day. <laughs> tell stories about and tell stories about wastewater and, uh, and the impacts of sanitation on the world. Yeah, so absolutely. The H2 duo, the H2 duo are all over that. <laughs> oh, I'll put that one on the list. All right. You'll we'll be getting add, an email shortly. Yeah. We'll <laughs> add in our show notes, um, all your contact information that you just gave so people can do that. Yeah. I love sure. that. Yeah. Um, so in the Western world, when we come in and to solve problems, we don't always take into consideration the cultural differences of the communities that we're going into. You know, we just assume that every country or culture is going to solve problems the way that we would here in, um, specifically the States is where, is where I'm coming from. But how can we be more mindful and make sure that we're creating solutions that are going to be sustainable for each community? 
For me, there are two things that can help us to be mindful uh, when creating solutions. The first one is uh, cultural sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Myself, I'm a I, I am Australian and Thai, so I know by heart how how different a Western country and an Eastern country are. Yeah. And even let's say like uh, the States and Australia, they are Western countries, but they are so uh, they're so different in many ways. For example, working culture or regulation. So the first one is cultural sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sec- secondly is there is not a one size fits all solution. Yes. That's why at water.org, we always tailor our work and programs to each country context, particularly for the Water Connect program or the utility program that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started in Indonesia. And after it was successfully tested and showed positive results, we had to tailor the program to the Philippines and Cambodia. We consider the country context, the utility sector itself, and the nature of utilities that we're going to partner with. Mm -hmm. And a specific example is that in uh, Indonesia, the utility has been running for more than 20 years. In the Philippines, it was a new utility that might have been operating for two or three years. So we can't really compare orange and apple. And we we have to tailor our solution to to the country context. And by having those two uh, aspects in mind, cultural sensitivity and tailoring uh, the solution to the country context, Mm -hmm. this way, I believe any solutions that being created will be market-driven and sustainable in the long term. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so important for today right now, even in America, because, you know, we're, you know, we're trying to reach several different cultures, um, you know, just in Texas or just in, you know, the DFW area or wherever you're at. And people forget that it's, you have to market to each different culture. You can't just, even in the Latin American culture, every country is different. Every, you know, they're not all just Latin America, you know? And so you have to really be specific to each community. I love that you guys are doing that. Yeah. And you're kind of like the perfect person to do it too, because you, you're Australian, you're Thai and you live in San Francisco. So you kind of like, you have such a mix of different cultures. And so you're real aware of that. And, um, you've touched on this, you've kind of, your stories have driven this, driven this home, um, already, but you know, in terms of cultures, they may be different, but as human beings, we all ultimately long for the same thing. You know, we, we need security, shelter, um, dignity. Um, and you've touched on this a little bit or significantly in this, in this conversation, but are there any other ways that you've witnessed where we're more alike than we think? Yes. Uh, <laughs> as I, I have been, <laughs> <laughs> as I have been working in nine countries so far, everyone is the same regardless where they live or what national nationality they are. People always want only the best for their family. Mm-hmm. And I, I have some, uh, situation that I have witnessed, but something small again, like having water using at home mm-hmm. could be very, very different in developing countries. And 
people sometimes take it for granted again, right? In mm-hmm. here at home in US, sure. uh, and waste water, don't use it wisely, and don't use it like efficiently. But the two, uh, I have two examples that I witnessed myself. Mm-hmm. The first one is from Indonesia. Keep coming back to the Indonesia. That's okay. Uh, we, I myself, we. Uh, visited a house that this woman took out a loan, a toilet loan, to get uh, a new water, uh, a new toilet at her house. And I remember talking to her during this trip, and she, people keep smiling, and that's what <laughs> I love. I love uh, And she kept she she told us about the impact of having this simple toilet at home is that. She is really happy to invite her families, her cousin or friends, to home now. But in the past, she was afraid and she was shy to do so because she didn't have a toilet before, yeah. mm-hmm. and she had to bring her guests to her neighbor house to use the toilet. Mm-hmm. And you know, something simple as that, like toilet, can increase dignity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the uh, the second story that I have was really close to me is one of our staff in Cambodia. So I went on this trip that I mentioned before, and we're talking to Mr. Jandian about his story, right? Mm-hmm. And then our staff, he started talking about his story. He said, "Kun, actually, when I was young, he had to collect water from the river as well." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Wow! And how did how how did you collect it for how long?" And he said, "Like uh, after a while." He got a new water connection at home, mm-hmm. and that's when his family became happy. And why? Why is it happy? Wow. He said he had more time as a kid, you know, to play. And and again, it's not only about having water use at home. It's about opening the doors of opportunities that sure. people are craving for. And you don't know if those opportunities are open. What are the potential out there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to spend like, less time getting water and, and more time playing or as he gets older, more to like, go to work, get a job and be able to provide for your family. Like, wow. I'm going to look at people smiling like so differently now. Uh-huh. Like when I see people smile now, I'm going to be like, dude, there's people smiling across on the other side of the planet right now because of water. You know, like if anyone out there is questioning the value of what you do working in the water industry, like this should bring it home for you. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So our audience communicators, uh, our audience includes the communicators and educators who are teaching that next generation about that global water crisis. What is the most important message you want us to be telling them? There are two messages that I want to tell them. The first one is to solve water crisis and achieve sustainable development goal or SDG six for water. Mm-hmm. We need to work together. Regardless, if you work in the public sector or in the private sector, or even like in universities, we really need to come together. Mm. And collaboration is key here. Ooh. And secondly, also greater investment in water and sanitation sector mm. are needed. Again, a hundred and fourteen billion dollars per year are per needed year. to achieve per year exactly. Mm to achieve SDG 6 goal by 2030. And it, particularly for these utilities, they require large investments to have 
better operation or efficient operations and to be able to expand the service or water infrastructure to serve everyone. So again, collaboration is key and greater investment in water and sanitation sector is needed. Ah, preach. I love it. We're going to go to a little um, lightning round wrap-up questions. Um, We've totally enjoyed this so far and appreciate your time and stories. I could hear your stories all day. (laughs) I love them. Um, So what is one book that you could recommend to everyone um, right now? Uh, I would recommend Elon Musk's biography Ooh. by Ashley Vance. Okay. I'm actually reading it for the second time to refresh wow. my mind about uh-huh. Elon's life story because he, Elon is my role model. Really? That's would, awesome. Yeah, for sure. No, he, every, he probably is everyone's role model. <laughs> <laughs> and I would recommend this book because you will understand how he becomes an innovator how he is working on new things that no one has done before, like Tesla or the boring company, if you haven't yeah. heard about it. Right. And also lastly is how he believes in his ideas and takes actions to make them happen. Anything that. is possible. Mm-hmm. Nice. Love that. Um, what is one thing that you do every day that drives your productivity? So I do my usual routine every day, despite how busy I am. I wake up early and do a lot of planning each morning, uh, get myself organized. And that's how I drive my, my productivity to be very high. And secondly, I make sure I have time for myself and my family. Mm. And, you know, sometimes it's really challenging or tricky yeah. working with a global organization like Water sure. Talk. Yeah. We work with people in different time zones and I right. oftentimes have evening calls all night. Mm-hmm. But I, I always make sure that I give time for myself and my family to, to do what I enjoy the most personally, like cooking, go to new restaurants. And lastly is I don't have my work email on my phone ah. so that I can completely shut off from work and mm-hmm. have you know, a fresh mind on uh, going into a new day. I'm going to do that. <laughs> Steph, Steph, I might get fired by this it girl. Works. <laughs> yeah. When we're as big as water.org, you can, can remove okay. your work email okay. from your phone. Deal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, in our line of work as educators and communicators uh, in the water industry, when we've been trying to outreach to the public, sometimes we'll hear, well, what difference does it make if I – if I change, I'm just one person. I'm not going to make a big difference. And obviously, Ariane and I wholeheartedly disagree with that notion. We believe that uh, change can be contagious. And so what's the one call to action that you're most passionate about that you believe could ultimately change the world? I have to say call for collaboration to achieve SDG 6 through finance. And the the more people we have in the water and sanitation sector, the better it is. Mm -hmm. Water is such a valuable resource. And from water.org's more than 25 years of experience, we have insights and know that finance is the the main barrier for universal access. Mm -hmm. And we really need to work together to increase greater investment in water and sanitation sector. And it's, 
And it comes down to, it's not about me. It's not about you or ourselves or what at all. Right. It's for the people we serve who do not have access to safe water and sanitation. Mm -hmm. So if you are interested in partnering with us, feel free to reach out to me or any of my colleagues at any time and we can talk. Love it. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for um, spending some time with us today and for giving us more perspective on not only what water.org does as an organization across the world, but also just how much we have in common mm -hmm. in our jobs, in our work, and why we do what we do and the change that we're making in people's lives. So I appreciate that. And um, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Be sure to visit the h2duo.com forward slash water in real life for the show notes. We timestamp them for you and we include links to any of the resources we mentioned during the podcast. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for our email list. I promise we don't bug you. We just let you know when podcasts are released. And, you know, we only send something out when we have something legit to say. If you're an iTunes listener, do us a solid and rate and review us there. And hey, now we're on Spotify, so you can follow us there if that's your jam. You can also keep up with us and our shenanigans on Instagram and Twitter at the underscore H2 duo. Shout out to our sponsor for this episode, Drop Counter. Imagine H2O brought us together and it's been awesome to collaborate with them on communication initiatives. Learn more about them and what they have going on at theh2duo.com forward slash drop counter. And be sure to sign up for their mailing list because it is also legit. We hope you learned something new today, got a little different perspective, or did something that moved you one step closer to your goals. Until next time, remember what one of our favorite quotes says, those who tell the stories rule the world. 